I'm being 100% myself. And I'd rather have people hate me for, you know, who I actually am and try to be someone just to make people like me. And so I think I've, I am just so confident because I really know myself and I know who I am. This is the Alchemized Life podcast, and I am your host, Ava Johanna, transformational mentor, speaker, teacher, and most importantly, a woman on a mission to bring wellness to the world. This podcast was created to bridge the gap for anyone craving more love, health, and happiness in each and every day. And with every episode, you will receive practical guidance to create magic in your own life. Combining the expertise of wellness visionaries and thought leaders, each week we will bring it back to basics and provide you with the tools meant to empower you to thrive emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So together, let's ditch the mean girl, you can't sit with us vibes, grab your favorite yoga pants, and start to find your uniquely alchemized life. Hey guys, happy Thursday. It's always so much fun to bring you guys interviews on Thursdays, not just solo episodes, even though those are fun too. So welcome back to the podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, if this is your first time listening to the Alchemized Life podcast, welcome. I am so grateful and honored to have your ears for this episode with the incredible Amanda LeCount. But before we get into that, I just wanted to share with you guys that Be Your Own Mentor has started. And I am so just happy and inspired by this group of women that have joined me for this first round. And it had been such an incredible process building out this course. I actually had the idea for it over the summer and I was sitting in meditation and it was when I was in Canada and had the whole week off to kind of just relax. And I was sitting in meditation and kind of just asked universe, show me what my next step is. Like, where, where do you want me to go and how can I serve? And initially in the meditation, I didn't have anything really come up, but I was like, okay, well, whatever. Universe doesn't want to talk to me. And then it wasn't like later that day that anything came up or even the next day or the next day actually wasn't until we were in the airport on the way home. And I was listening to this random podcast. Like I don't subscribe to it or anything, but I was listening to this podcast about Instagram marketing and they randomly started talking about online courses. And it was like this light bulb moment in the middle of the busy Detroit airport where I had the words like, be your own mentor, just come into my head. And immediately I just had this like physical reaction to it. And I ran up to Corey and I was like, oh my God, I have this idea. And then I spent the entire plane ride home, four and a half hours writing out outlines, ideas, and putting down all of the different practices that I had used with my mentees over the past year since I launched my mentorship program. And it just felt so good. And then I got home and I continued writing every single day for like a week after. I would just write outlines and outlines and outlines of this program. And then it dropped off a little bit and I found myself coming up against a lot of resistance. Um, I started questioning myself and kind of put it on the back burner until I had a couple different people ask me about a course or a way to work with me that was not just the one-on-one program. Um, And for those of you that know human design, 
I am a projector and projectors are supposed to wait for the invitation, um, which is something that I've struggled with in the past because I am also a Vata. So I get a lot of um, big ideas and want to just pursue them immediately. But with my human design, I'm supposed to wait for the invitation for it to be most well received. Um, If you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, I will have an upcoming episode soon on human design. So that'll be really fun to dive into with you guys. But So I waited for the invitation and then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to just build out a sales page. I'm going to build out a couple different free offerings. And once the sales page and the emails are done, if people buy it, then I'll like really build the course. And so I did it like really, really quickly. It probably took me about a week to build the sales page. And then I built the sales page and people started buying it. And I literally, this was like two weeks ago. And It wasn't until last week that I started building and like writing out the course. And initially I had a lot of fear of, oh my God, what if I don't get it finished? What if it doesn't turn out the way that I want it to? And the moment that I sat down and started writing the course, it felt like this channeled and just so natural and authentic extension of my soul and what I'm here to be doing on this planet. Um, And I was just so excited by it all. So excited to be bringing these like words and these ideas down into a format that is accessible to so many people. And as I was writing it out, it just dawned on me, like even if only one person signed up, I was so excited to bring it to fruition and to work with even one person and the group is amazing. And I am just so grateful to be able to work with other women that are interested in diving into spirituality and really are ready to take big steps in changing and transforming their lives. And I just feel really, really, really grateful. So for all of you ladies that are in my course, thank you so much for choosing me and investing in yourself, but also investing in my work and trusting that I am able to guide you. I think it's such an honor to be in this position. And I've just been reflecting on that a lot of how grateful I am that there's people that want to come on retreat with me, that want to listen to this podcast, that will work with me one-on-one. I'm just very grateful. And I think that it's so easy for us to compare ourselves to other people that are doing things similar to us or want to be further on along in our careers or just in our lives. But when we really take a moment to step back and witness what we've already created, we can just access this really, really profound sense of gratitude. Even if you're just grateful to be able to pay your bills on a monthly basis or to be able to wake up and get out of bed and brush your teeth. We have these incredible lives and all of our souls are meant to pursue the path that they are on. And so wherever you're at in your journey, know that it's exactly where you're meant to be. And whether it's a bad or lower vibrational time or a really exciting time for you, know that this is all part of it. It is all a part of it. Nothing is coincidental. Everything happens with a purpose. And even though that might not be clear now, I promise you that if you take the steps to you know, develop a self-inquiry practice, whether that's meditation or journaling, or just start to really build 
a spiritual practice, you will really be able to see the silver lining of all of life's experiences. So anyways, I'm so grateful for you guys. And if this is, again, your first time tuning in, I'm grateful for you too. (laughs) So anyways, we have a Mandel account on the podcast today, and I am so excited for you guys to just hear her bubbly energy. I first found Amanda through Marie Forleo's uh, Marie TV. And what was so funny is that my girlfriend, Tiffany, who is my podcast manager, sent me her information later that day and said, hey, she should come on the podcast. And I was already like, oh my God, I want to get this girl on the podcast. If you haven't heard of Amanda, Amanda LeCount is a well-known hip hop dancer, actress, choreographer, singer, model, and influencer. She is the coolest 18-year-old I have ever met. You guys got to go on YouTube and check out her videos. Her She's such a dope dancer, you guys. She's been dancing since she was two, year, two years old. And in 2015, she moved from Colorado to LA to follow her dream of becoming a professional dancer and actress. Some of her most notable performances include dancing with Megan Trainer, dancing on The Ellen Show, dancing with Disney's Descendants 2 cast on Dancing with the Stars. She's been on The Voice. She danced with Katy Perry, Nicki Minaj, Rihanna's Savage Times Fenty Tour, and she also danced at Coachella with Lizzo. She has her own movement called Breaking the Stereotype, which promotes body positivity and the belief that anybody can be a dancer. And Amanda's passion is dance, but her goal is to inspire others to follow their dreams. You guys are going to enjoy this episode so much. It makes me so proud to see younger generations just like doing their thing and shining and spreading these positive messages. It just feels so much more different than when I was 18 years old. And Amanda is such a bright light. And I'm so excited to watch everything that she does in the coming years. If you guys love this podcast, please make sure to let us know by subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Also sharing it up on social media or sending it with someone, sending it to someone who you think might benefit from Amanda's message. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will see you on the other side. So Amanda, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. I'm excited. It'll be fun. So it's so funny because my podcast manager, we were in the midst of planning out the last half of the year. And that same morning that we met, I got an email from Marie Forleo and it was with your name in it. And I was, I don't know what it is for some, sometimes I'll open up every single one of her emails and then I'll hit like a dry spell where I don't open up her emails. But Mm -hmm. there was something about your name that just like, it was literally just seeing Amanda LeCount. And I Uh was like, who is that? And I was really intrigued and I opened it up and I watched the whole interview and was just completely in awe with you and what you've created and what you've built for yourself at such a young age. And I know that you've been dancing your entire life. So I'm Mm -hmm. really excited to talk about all of that with you today. But I think, I guess my first question for you is where did this fearless confidence come from? That's a great question. And I'm always like, hmm, honestly, I don't really know. I've kind of been very confident since I can remember. And I think it's just because I'm so myself and I try to be very authentic and genuine. And at least even if people say bad things about me or like they don't like who I am or the things I do, I'm being 100% myself. And I'd rather have people hate me for 
you know, who I actually am and try to be someone just to make people like me. And so I think I've, I am just so confident because I really know myself and I know who I am. Yeah. And that's, it's so powerful because for me, I struggled throughout, I mean, elementary school, middle school, high school, Mm -hmm. because in that, I mean, one, you're putting all these children into a room or Mm -hmm. like a campus (laughs) and we're all like going through this whole, um, well, puberty, first of all, but like (laughs) all of our hormones and just all of these ideas start to come into your head and you start to worry about what people think of you and how you look and um, how you appear to other people. And it can be really, really challenging, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it was hard for me. And so, you know, knowing that you did have this confidence about you, do you think that it came from just having so much love and just like openness for expression in your family? Because I feel like that's where a lot of it starts too. Um, Yeah, I definitely think it did help to have the family I do. They're very supportive. And even though none of them are in the arts now, we all grew up either doing sports or dancing or singing or cheerleading and something kind of artsy. And so I think it helped that I had a family that could kind of relate to that because both my sisters danced for a while too. Okay, yeah. And so we were all kind of in the same world. But I also think that them just being so supportive really helped me gain self-confidence because I didn't have any of my family members doubting me at all, which I know a lot of people do, or, you know, they encourage them to go into a more normal or like steady job with better pay or whatever because the arts is not reliable (laughs) but I've always been lucky and I've had a family who like completely supports me and I think that helped a lot yeah so what's it like to like well one you since you were dancing since two but like to know what your purpose has been from such a young age because so many Mm -hmm. of us go through life go to college and have to like are forced into a major Mm -hmm. and don't really know what we want to do what is it like to just like know so deeply what your purpose is I mean like you said, I think I'm really lucky that I found it at such a young age. I feel like I kind of just got lucky, you know, with my mom putting me in dance and literally the first thing I did, I fell in love with. And I think a lot of people that doesn't happen to them, they have to do a few different things before they find what they're really passionate about. But for me, I got lucky and my mom, I guess, just had a sense that dance would be what I love to do. And she was 100% right. And I just fell in love with it and there was nothing else I ever wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. I just think I got lucky with doing it at such a young age. For sure. And, um, you know, I think dance is kind of like your conduit for a bigger message too. Mm -hmm. And I love um, your, I guess, brand and the hashtag breaking the stereotype. So Mm -hmm. can you speak a little bit about what inspired you? Yeah. Well, honestly, people a lot of the time ask me, you know, when I was little, who did I look up to or who inspired me? But the truth is there weren't that many people that I could look up to that looked like me or were even close to me and, you know, fighting the same battles that I had to when I was growing up. So I didn't really have a person to follow or that was setting an example for me. So I kind of just had to figure it out on my own and kind of make my own path and try to, you know, be the person that I didn't have growing up for other kids. So that's what I always try to say, or I always say I try to do is be the person that, you know, the little girl has to look up to. But 
I think what inspired me is just I knew that there was a big gap in the dance industry as far as body positivity and just inclusion. Um, The dance industry is not very (laughs) inclusive. There's definitely, you know, a certain look right now that is kind of the dancer look and it doesn't (laughs) have to do with anyone that might be bigger or plus size. And I wanted to bridge that gap and make just the whole dance industry more inclusive and just accepting of everyone that loves the art form. Yeah. And I love that so much because I mean, it doesn't just have to be like the size of your waist. There are so many different things. You know, I struggled Mm -hmm. with really, really bad acne throughout all of school. People would call me pizza face. They would be so cruel to me. And I felt like an outsider. And so to know that there are people of the generation, namely Mm -hmm. you, that uh, beneath me that are leading this inclusivity and positivity, not towards, not only just towards your body, but just overall acceptance around how you look. And it's been really cool to watch just people be unapologetically themselves in Mm -hmm. like your generation. I know you're not that much younger than me. I think you're (laughs) only like 10 years younger than me, Mm -hmm. but still there's like a big gap between Mm -hmm. just this acceptance of seeing people shine and to see you at the forefront of that and like to see also where it's gotten you too. So I'm curious, just like going back to the beginning of like your journey of actually starting to get notoriety and more attention. How did that, how did that start to happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of my first videos, I guess, that started to get a little more uh, attention than I was used to um, is I was in Santa Monica and I was at the pier and there was a man playing, I guess you could say hip hop music. And my mom, because she's such a momager and just always wants me dancing wherever I go. She told me and she was like, Amanda, like you should go out there and dance and all this stuff. And I was like, um, no, that's weird. I don't want to dance in front of all these strangers. And we're not even like in a dance setting we're not in the studio. We're not on stage. So that's weird. Um, but after like 10 minutes of her trying to convince me, I was like, okay, you know what? I'll just do it. So you'll stop begging me about it and stop, you know, annoying me. And I went out and I just did some freestyle dancing and my mom filmed it, of course. Um, and I posted it just for fun. I didn't think it would, you know, go anywhere, or start my career or anything, but people just loved it and they responded really well to it. Um, And it's always the things that you don't think will go viral that go viral. You know, if you try to create something that'll go viral, it never goes anywhere because it's not genuine and you can tell. Um, But that video got shared everywhere. Um, (laughs) Bless you. Um, (laughs) The video got shared everywhere. And I just started getting a ton of people coming to my page, leaving all these amazing comments and telling me that, you know, how inspired they were and all these different things. And it kind of just started with that. And I started posting more dance videos, obviously, and doing more stuff. And I don't know, it kind of slowly, but steadily and surely just started growing. Yeah. So that was my first kind of thing. What has it been like growing up with like YouTube really at the forefront of how you and your peers like consume content, you know? Cause it wasn't around at, mm-hmm. when I was like first growing up, but we had, I think Instagram started becoming like a real thing, maybe like my freshman year of mm-hmm. college. So it's so interesting for me to like, look at all these platforms that you really like grew up with. What was mm-hmm. it like, like being a part of that? Yeah. I mean, it's, 
it's hard to explain just because since I, I grew up with it, I didn't know any different. Yeah. So it's normal for me to be able to go to YouTube and look up dance videos and see all these amazing dancers and just some fun videos. But I, I know that that wasn't around all the time. So I'm really lucky that I had those platforms to look at and be inspired and to learn from. But I also think, you know, I always say getting more into like social media, it's a positive but negative thing mm-hmm. just because, you know, I get the opportunity to inspire people that never would have been able to see me or know about me if it wasn't for social media. But then there's also, you know, it gives people the opportunity to say whatever they want about you to you, no matter what. And so that gets hard, you know, because there's so many trolls and people that just for some reason want to tear all these people down. Um, But then the positive definitely outweighs the negative. And, you know, without social media, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm very grateful. Yeah. For it. Yeah. Or it would have just taken a little bit longer. Yeah. And you had, would have had to take a couple different routes. Mm-hmm. So what do you do then to manage when you do have negative feedback? Like how do you protect your own energy and not let it get to you so you can keep going? Mm-hmm. Obviously it's hard not letting, you know, negative comments or just negative people get to you. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, I never get hurt or I never get sad or offended because that's just not real. And when people say that, it's never the truth. Right. But I definitely do get affected, but I always just try to remember that that's one person's opinion. And there are 7 billion other people in the world that might have completely different opinions. And I just feel like sometimes it's really easy to look at a comment and put so much value like with it when really it's just a person probably sitting at home bored, wanting to hurt someone's feelings because they're hurting. Yeah. And so it's not really worth your time or energy to respond to it, to think about it. You know, it's just not worth it. And it honestly doesn't affect your life unless you let it affect you. So if you just like ignore it, then they'll stop doing it probably. Yeah. So I just try to kind of block it out. I'm interested to hear your feedback. Obviously you have a large audience and you have people that are super engaged with what you're doing. One of the things that I've struggled with is also accepting the positive feedback too, and like really allowing it Mm -hmm. to like, you know, to like integrate it and feel it. So Mm -hmm. do you struggle with that as well? Since there is kind of the blockers of like the negative. So Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, I've said before, even though I'm very confident, it's, it's hard for me to talk good about myself or to take compliments just because, I mean, this is a great thing, but my mom's always taught me, you know, not to get a big head or not to have a big ego. Cause I know a lot of kids here that, you know, they get one job and all of a sudden they're rude to everyone and think they're better than everyone, which isn't going to get you anywhere. So it, it, it's hard for me. Cause I don't, I never want to sound cocky or just, you know, I'm better than everyone. And so I always find myself when people compliment me, I'm like, Oh, like, thank you so much. Like, no, I'm not like, I don't know. I'm always very like, I don't really accept it and take it in. But I definitely think that's something that people should work on because we're always so focused on how to take the negative. But there's also a thing such as taking the positive too. So I definitely think that everyone should work on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, what I've tried doing or like what I'm practicing doing now is like, if I get like a really nice review on the podcast or something like that, like I sit with it for a second, I'll like close my eyes. I'll take a deep breath in and exhale and like really allow myself to feel it. And not so much to 
you know, be egoic or have a big head, but more Mm -hmm. so to just like recognize that we are doing really powerful work and Mm -hmm. are impacting people. Because I think that in a way, especially with your movement of breaking the stereotype, it's fuel to help you keep going. Mm -hmm. When you do get our negative feedback, you remember like all of these lives that you're impacting Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, definitely. So You've worked with Rihanna. You mm-hmm. were on stage with Lizzo at Coachella, mm-hmm. which is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> what yes. what has it been like to surround yourself with people of this caliber? How do you uh, integrate this to mm-hmm. like continue to rise and like keep moving and keep making momentum with your own career? Yeah, um, I mean, it's crazy because like two years ago, I would have never thought I'd be doing any of the things I've done this year. I mean, this year has been crazy. Like like you just said, Coachella and Rihanna Savage Fenty. And um, I can't say it, but I'm doing something really exciting in the next two months that I never thought I'd like in my wildest dreams I would be a part of. But it's also kind of funny because growing up, you know, you, you see these celebrities and you think of them as like just a different species. Right. And they're like, so just, you're so different. But working with all these different celebrities that I've been able to work with, they're very, most of them are very normal. Like they're just people who love what they do, who work hard at what they do. And it's worked out for them. And you know, if you put the time in, that's where you could be. And they started from the bottom, like everyone else. And they've just, you know, found their calling and found what they're passionate about and ran with it and they're where they are now. Um, so I always think it's interesting. Like when I met Rihanna and, and Lizzo and stuff, I was like, they're, they're normal people. Like I, I, I think it's funny how we always think in our head that they're going to be like just crazy and so different than us, but yeah. they're the exact same. They think the same things, you know, they, they're just, they're just like us. But, yeah. um, I definitely don't know where the future uh, is going to take me, but I definitely hope I get to work with more artists that are being more inclusive and have a good message such as Rihanna and Lizzo. Yeah. Do you have like a dream artist that you'd want to work with? <laughs> well, I mean, this year in every interview, I know I've you've, I mean, Rihanna. basically like you, <laughs> you, so I'm like, okay, who would be better than Rihanna? I don't know. I don't know if an artist would be better than Rihanna. So I, I mean, and like I said before, I mean, even a year ago, I would never have thought I'd be working with Rihanna. So it's like, what's next you're going to be? Yeah. I, I have no idea, but um, I'm sure, or at least I hope it'll be some more amazing stuff that I never thought I'd be able to do. But I don't think I really have a, another dream artist. I would love to work with any artist, honestly. I think there's something you can learn from everyone and something um, amazing about every artist. Beyonce, do you hear that? Amanda is open <laughs> to working with you. Oh, she's Beyonce great. listens to this podcast. <laughs> um, Beyonce's great. I mean, two of my friends who are also plus size dancers, their sisters, they did her Coachella. Um, Which and is that epic was, as well. Yeah, that was really cool um, to see that and her being, you know, very inclusive and accepting of everyone. Um, so I definitely love to do Beyonce. All right, Beyonce, you've formally <laughs> been invited. <laughs> Okay. So I'm curious because for me in my journey, I, I mean, I feel the same exact way. There are things that have happened this year that I'm like never in a million years last year, would I have even thought that I would be here. Mm -hmm. And it was never like, I knew exactly what would be happening this year, but I just kind of, you know, went with the flow and continued Mm -hmm. to just like work really hard. When you 
have these opportunities come up for you where you're like, whoa, like Rihanna wants me to be a part of her Fenty release. Like Lizzo, I'm going to be at Coachella. I'm sure that there's a little bit of imposter syndrome and doubt that comes up of just like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to handle this? Like, Mm -hmm. am I going to be able to rise to the occasion? What do you do in those times? Like, how do you press forward and not let fear get the best of you. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm, I'm honestly pretty lucky cause I don't get too nervous most of the time just cause I am very sure of myself and, you know, I've been working really hard throughout my whole life to, you know, just like I kind of said in the beginning, I know who I am. I know I'm authentic. I'm genuine. Um, and also it helps that, you know, I know these artists wanted me there and that they saw something in me. And so, why would I be nervous? Not, okay. I was nervous for the Savage Fenty show. <laughs> um, I was, I was pretty nervous just cause that was like a one-time thing. And if you messed up, it's like, well, it's on TV for forever. Um, and also it's Rihanna. So how would I not be nervous? But then at the same time, it's like, I have to think about, you know, she handpicked all of us. And so there was obviously something special she saw in each one of us. So there's no point in being nervous. Cause if Rihanna has faith in you, then you're good. <laughs> like you there's something anything. right going on. Yeah. That's such a good point. And I think a lot of us forget that when we are given some sort of opportunity, we are given the opportunity because whoever is on the other end of it sees something in Mm -hmm. us and believes in us. And so if we can like take that fuel and that note of like, this person believes in me, it can help to... I don't know, promote us believing in ourselves too. Cause I definitely struggle with imposter syndrome sometimes mm-hmm. of like, oh, I was given an opportunity to teach at this event. Am I going to be able to do it? Like, mm-hmm. I hope that I can show up. And then I forget, wait, of course I'm going to be able to do it. One, I've practiced really mm-hmm. hard, but also these people wouldn't, if they didn't think I could do it, then I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does your practice schedule look like? Because I think that's a lot of like where confidence comes from. Mm-hmm. Is like, I work damn hard mm-hmm. to make this happen. Yeah. Um, I dance, if not every day, every other day, like that's, um, my least busy schedule is <laughs> dancing every other day. Um, but I also have to throw in there, you know, auditions and podcasts and interviews and, you know, appearances at these events and rehearsals and performances, and then mix in that traveling. So <laughs> there's a lot of factors that go into my schedule, but I also make sure that I have time to, you know, have, me time and to relax and, you know, watch a movie every once in a while and make sure that I'm not, you know, killing myself and just running yeah. all over the place and being too busy. Cause there is a, a such thing as being right. too busy and trying to do too much, which I completely understand. Cause even me, it's really easy to be like, Oh, I'm going to do these three classes and then put in a rehearsal and then go to that audition and run to my performance later. But that's, that's too much. Yeah. And you have to realize, you know, even though it's what you love and you want to be the best at it and you want to practice as much as you can, it's like, well, beating yourself to death and trying to be perfect isn't necessarily going to make you the best. You have to be smart yeah. with what you do with your time. And I think, you know, rest and relaxation is a very important part of that time. But besides that, my schedule is always <laughs> running around and trying to figure out if I have any time to do this or film my self-tape audition or learn these lines or do all these different things. So my schedule is pretty much just yeah. running and running. Yeah. So knowing what you know now, is there something you would tell your younger self when you like first started really, really getting busy to just support your, all of your hard work and keep you like at a good, like, I don't know, managing level of energy where you're not feeling burnt out. 
Mm-hmm. I would just say, because, I mean, when I first moved here, I would do literally like four or five classes a day yeah. and I'd be dead by the end of it. But like I said, I, I loved it so much. I just wanted to keep doing yeah. it. And, and you I were excited too. Yeah. I wouldn't listen to what my body was saying, which was like, okay, like, I know that you're excited, but let's take a break and make sure that, you know, everything's in check and we're not going to get injured or any of that. But I would say just, you know, work harder, not, I mean, work smarter, not harder. Um, And I think that's an Andy Warhol quote, but I could be wrong. But I heard someone say that the other day and I just think it's so true. A lot of people just want to do all the work they can because they think that that'll make them the best when really it's like you have to be, like I said before, you have to be smart with your time and what you're doing with it and, you know, what classes you take and what jobs you do because all that can really make or break your career. Yeah. So you just have to be smart about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you burn yourself into the ground by working so hard, you're going to lose the passion that you have for it too, because Mm -hmm. it turns into less of like something you love Mm -hmm. into, oh my gosh, I have to run and do this audition. This person wants to talk to me. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, then how do you no, because I have a lot of people that are entrepreneurs that listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. When you have these opportunities coming up, how do you know if it's right for you? Like, do you feel it in your body? Is it just like a full like body yes? Or do you, are you more logical and like think things through? Um, I would say maybe a mix of both. Like for the Savage Fenty thing, I obviously didn't have any doubt about it. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like this is amazing. This is a great opportunity. And I, I knew it was because, okay story a little, not really a story, but just some background information. You know, obviously my mom and I try really hard to maintain my brand. And right now I'm not really, even though I am 18 years old and I'm technically an adult, we're not really in, you know, the, I'm trying to think like, I'm not in the age yet where I want to be going on tour, wearing these scandalous outfits and doing these dances that aren't me and don't really match what I'm about. And I'm very much still in the, not Disney, but just younger, like genre of things. Um, And so, you know, for example, obviously Savage Fenty is lingerie and it's hard because I'm still trying to maintain, you know, like my kid friendly image. But the reason that we were okay doing that is because it was tasteful and it had a, a positive message behind it. It wasn't something, you know, just trying to like sell lingerie and sex sells. It wasn't like that. It was art Mm -hmm. and it was trying to send a message about inclusivity and acceptance and all body types and races and genders and backgrounds coming together to put together this show to showcase fashion. And so it was different than just, you know, a normal fashion show where they're strutting in lingerie, you know, like the Victoria's Secret show. It's very different. Mm -hmm. And so we did that because we realized that even though it might not have been something that we thought would be good for me, the message behind it is kind of what makes or break makes or breaks what I do. Yeah. So what happens or has this happened where you have had an opportunity that felt good at first and then getting into it, it felt not right. Like how did you navigate that if it did happen? Um, I don't think I've ever really been in that situation where I've gotten into something that I regret getting into, or maybe wasn't the best choice for me at that time. But for example, Lizzo, I danced with her at Coachella and she is amazing. And I absolutely love her, like her energy and just her whole message is absolutely amazing. And obviously I support it because we're 
kind of the same kind of message. But one thing that I kind of have to be careful with is, you know, I look at her dancers on tour who are also amazing. I know most of them, but I don't think I'm quite at the age yet where I want to be wearing a thong twerking on stage. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. So even though it's a positive message, I don't think it put me in the best light. Right. So I probably wouldn't do that, at least right now. But that doesn't mean that I don't support it and I don't love it. It's just not right for me yet. Yeah. And I think that that comes back to just like having integrity with what you've built Mm -hmm. and knowing that you're not necessarily your audience expecting something, but like more so like what you want for yourself Mm -hmm. and where you want to hold yourself and like in that regard. Mm -hmm. So where do you see, like, do you see your brand going in a certain direction? Like where, how do you want to mesh the breaking the stereotype with your dancing? And like, what do you, what do you envision Mm -hmm. for yourself? Um, I've, I honestly think that I've already like meshed it together pretty well. I mean, it's kind of bringing the stereotype has turned into like part of me. It's part of who I am and it's part of my dancing is breaking the stereotype. But I could see myself, you know, going on like the breaking the stereotype tour and traveling all over the world and talking to people, trying to inspire them to do what they love and teaching and dancing and just doing what I'm passionate about. And that's something that I definitely like to do. And I mean, hopefully the next five years would be great. Um, just like I said, touring and trying to inspire people of all ages, sizes, colors, genders, whatever, just to do what they love, no matter how hard it, it might be sometimes because it's it's the right choice to do what you love. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I sent a video, I sent your um, Seven Rings video mm-hmm. to my little sister because she is 17 years old mm-hmm. she, or she's turning 17 tomorrow. And she was on the dance team at her old high school. Oh, okay. Um, my little sister has autism and she doesn't look like the other girls that are on the dance mm-hmm. team and is often, you know, neglected from the group. And so I sent her your video and it was just so inspiring because she loves dance so much mm-hmm. and they gave her a solo at the end Aww. of the year and it's so funny because the whole my mom sends me this video and she's like dancing in the back and like kind mm-hmm. of I'm like wow she's really not given a hundred percent but then her solo comes up and she just like she goes wild it was Aww, the awesome. greatest thing ever and so it was really cool to just like send her your video and be like look like she's doing exactly what you want to be doing mm-hmm. like you can do anything. So what would you say is like, not necessarily advice, but like when you talk to your followers and your audience, Mm -hmm. what is it that they resonate most with? What is the support that you feel like they need most? Yeah. I feel like why people are sometimes so, um, not, not obsessed with me, but they kind of, what is it? Like Um, attracted to your energy. Yeah. Yeah. Why they are so, yeah, attracted to me is because I'm, I'm myself. And I mean, this has kind of been a theme through the whole podcast. I'm just very genuine and authentic because again, like I said before, I I think it's a great message. You know, I'd rather be hated and, you know, tormented on because of who I am and who I actually want to be and do the things I love than to be, you know, praised for doing, for doing something or for being someone that I'm not. Yeah. So I think just people really appreciate that 
I'm myself and I don't really care what people think. And I think that also it's, it's hard for people to do that. And I know it's hard, you know, just because I'm at a place now where I don't really care what people think doesn't mean, you know, it was easy or I've been like that my whole life. I still had to go through that journey. Um, but I think people are in, are inspired from how much I kind of don't care and how much I'm just free, I guess. Yeah. So let's talk about that. When you did have to go through the kind of unlearning of what people think about you and more stepping into like your own confidence, what sparked that? Like, was there a turning point or an event or experience where you allow someone someone else's input or feedback to make you feel a certain way and then recognize that you didn't want that anymore? Um, yeah, well, for me personally, I don't know if there was one like specific turning point that kind of like sparked it for me, but there is a story that I'm sure definitely helped kind of, um, speed up the process of me, you know, getting to this point where I am now of being so confident. And, um, the story is I went to a dance studio and I went there for a year And the studio director, who is still doing this to other kids in in Colorado and talking bad about their body, um, kicked me off the team because my body type didn't fit his vision, were his words. And at that moment, you know, to have someone that you look up to and a mentor and someone that you're so inspired by kind of tell you, like, you're not good enough, it's it's hard at any age, but let alone, you know, I was 11 years old. And so for me, whatever he said was right. And so to hear that, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, like maybe I should stop dancing or maybe it's not the thing for me or maybe he's right. Cause I, I didn't know any better. You know, he was yeah, the person I looked up 11. to most. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that was, you know, a time where I kind of, my confidence took the biggest drop. Um, it never got to like zero where I was just, I had no confidence, but it definitely had a big <laughs> dip at that point. But I think that inspired me, you know, to show people even more like what I can do and show people that body type doesn't show how, doesn't mean how talented you are yeah, and doesn't mean how successful you can be or anything like that. Um, and I also think it gave me something to... I think if that wouldn't have happened to me, I wouldn't be as inclined to try to inspire people to do what they love because I wouldn't have experienced, like, I'm trying to explain it. If, if, if I wouldn't have gone through that, I wouldn't have had any advice to give because I wouldn't have gone through yeah. an experience to make me give it. Never mind. Yeah. You get what I'm trying I totally to say. Yeah. I'm like, it's hard to For put sure. words to it. 100%. I mean, I totally can resonate with you. When I was 16 years old, my mom, um, my sister and I lost everything. And we had to move in with friends, with family members. You know, the car got repossessed. We had food stamps. It was mm-hmm. really, really hard. And I of course, then when it was happening was like in my sadness, it was Mm -hmm. very much a victim of like, why is this happening to me? And what I realized now, years later, looking back on it is that it happened to me. So I could inspire other people. So like I could hit my lowest of lows so I could show people that that's not the end and you Mm -hmm. can, you know, recover from it and recover even stronger. And so I really do think that everything in life happens to us for a reason. And Mm -hmm. all of the pain that we suffer through is so we can be of service to the world and your service is manifested through dance and through empowerment. And I think that that's so beautiful. So I'm curious, 
when you, was it like, I, f- I felt sad because he said that and because I was kicked off the team, but then I got angry. Was it that, was it like that? Cause that's kind of how I am where um, I'm like, I'm sad and now I'm angry and I'm going to yeah. show you. <laughs> I, th- I think it was very, yeah, very much that. But I don't think it was ever, I don't want to say I was never angry, but I don't think it was, I was mad. I was more just like, it was more like, I just knew he was wrong and I was going to, work hard and, and be successful to make him realize that he was in the wrong. But it never came from a place of like anger. It came from a place of like, he's stupid. I need to show him, you know, the truth. Yeah. So it was more of just like, okay, I'm going to teach him a lesson. Not so much like, it sounds oh, much I healthier than my I'm version. <laughs> oh, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I get angry, like, <laughs> um, but just that specific situation, it was more of just like, I don't want to spend time being angry at him because he, he said it, it's done now. I want to want to move on and work hard so he knows that he was not right. Yeah, no, that's great. Much healthier than my version, definitely. <laughs> so I asked this of everybody, but I first want to ask you, before I jump into that question, mm-hmm. for someone that is incredibly self-deprecating when it comes to dance moves, <laughs> namely me, <laughs> Um, how do we start to instill more confidence and have like that, like more carefree and like fun, funness to dancing? Like I love dancing so much, cannot do it at all. I have noodle arms. I flail around. I was watching your videos earlier and I'm like, damn, I wish I could move like that. Honestly, it's not even the, the reason people like me, if you really think about it and you watch my videos, the reason if you like them, um, the reason you like them is because not my dancing is the best. I mean, yes, I, I train really hard to try to improve, obviously, my dancing. But the reason you find yourself enjoying it so much is because the way you feel after watching it and the way I perform. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the moves. You're not just sitting there like, wow, she did those moves really good. You find yourself like, oh, like she made me feel so happy or her energy was like so contagious or, or things like that are things I get a lot, not you know, wow, that eight count was so good. Yeah. You know, no she one ever off cares. That spin perfectly. Yeah, like no one cares about that, especially people who don't dance. And I think that's something that a lot of dancers care too much about. You know, they worry too much about the steps when it's like, okay, most of the people that are watching this don't dance. So, so they don't care if you messed up a step. They care about, you know, how you make them feel and how you're performing. Mm. And, you know, if, if you're having fun, the person watching is going to enjoy it. Yeah. So you just have to, be careless. And, you know, like I said, if you're enjoying it, then they'll enjoy it. Yeah. And I think there's a practice that comes with carelessness too, of just Mm -hmm. like, keep showing up, keep doing it. And really what you're saying, as far as like, no one's going to really notice and like, just show up and like perform and give that energy goes for anything. Like Mm -hmm. it's not just dance. It's literally anything. Um, you know, I used to, as a yoga teacher, when I first started teaching, I would mess up and be like, oh my gosh. And like, kind of like freak out and try and apologize in the classes. And then I realized I'm like, wait, none of these people are yoga teachers. Most likely, like they probably don't know that I'm messing up. And it was like this little shift in my head where I'm like, it's okay if I like say something wrong or forget a a step, like I can always go back to it. Um, More so it's the energy that you infuse. Definitely. So then that leads me to my last question, which is what are three things that people can do today to start 
invoking, evoking some of that confidence, that fearlessness and that Mm -hmm. energy that you, that you bring to your performances and just like your life, even walking into the building, just that energy and Mm -hmm. that, that, um, I don't know, that lightness that you carry. I would say have a dance party, just you. Daily dance (laughs) party? Do you do daily dance parties? Okay. Sometimes it's hard to do daily, but maybe like once a week at least. Okay, cool. Just set time to have your own dance party play fun music and just what's your go-to song right now oh um that's a hard one i mean anything lizzo is great i know boys is really good Uh (laughs) anything lizzo will lift you right up um and then i would say i like journaling a lot okay i try to do that as much as i can sometimes it's hard obviously when i get home late and i'm like okay i don't want to do that today what does your journaling practice look like is it just like writing out your feelings or do you like prompt Um, yourself with questions yeah i don't really do prompts for me it's more just like I try to write down things that like were significant that day okay or like if something happens to me that day I try to write write down what happened how I felt about it um and just it's more almost kind of like a way I can look back Mm -hmm. and see like the things I've done and the way I felt at that situation so like when I find out when I found out about the Savage Fenty show I wrote about it and I was like oh my gosh like oh and I wrote how I was feeling and now you know in five years I can like back at that and be like oh my gosh like that's what you wrote down when you found out about that so it's more kind of just like like a time machine almost and I can go back and look at how I was feeling so I would highly recommend journaling I love Um, that and then what else I would just say, I don't know, don't, I mean, don't, this isn't a thing you can do, but just don't take life so seriously. Yeah. Cause you know, yes, on one hand, it's like you have one life and obviously you don't want to screw it up obviously. But at the same time, if, if you take yourself too seriously, it's like, were you even living? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd, I'd call worrying about every calorie you eat and every, you know, just thing you say as living. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I was just watching the movie Booksmart last night. Have you seen it? I might have like a few years ago, but I don't quite remember. It's really funny. Well, these two girls, they're high school girls and Mm -hmm. they are, it's the last day of high school and the girls find out that, um, and they're like really, really book smart, valedictorian, Mm -hmm. like never partied or anything. And then they find out that all of the kids that like partied and had fun and like didn't take school so seriously, got into all the same schools as them. And it was like the whole movie is them being like, wait, why were we so serious? Like yeah. we should have like, we should have had fun. We should have socialized throughout high school, yeah. not just condone underage drinking, but just yeah, to like not, have not get fun. Too crazy, yeah, don't, but- get, don't get too crazy. <laughs> um, but it, it's so true. You know, there's two approaches that you can take to life. Do you want to have like a lot of fun or do you want to have this tight grip and control and like make sure everything goes one way and be upset if it doesn't go that way? Because ultimately, like I believe that everything is everything that's meant to happen will come to us. It's going to come to us, whether we want to have fun having doing it or be stressed out and serious the, the entire time. And like my choice is to live a life that's happy and fun and flowy that like makes me feel good and lots of laughter and all of that. And so I feel like that's what you believe as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so actually my very last question is, I'm curious, what do you do to get pumped up before your shows or performances? Um, Honestly, it sounds kind of weird, but I honestly don't do too much. I mean, like 15 minutes before I perform anywhere, I make sure I go over everything just because yeah. I'm always scared I'm going to like Very forget smart. it. But then, you know, I kind of just realize that it, it's going to happen in five minutes, whether I like it or not, and whether I'm ready or not. 
it's happening. Yeah. Um, and so I just go out there and I try to do the best I can. And even if I mess up, you know, there's nothing you can do now and just move on to the next thing, do the next job. Um, it's, you're not going to die because you mess up. And so I feel like there's just no point in, you know, just, you know, being so nervous about it. Cause it's, it's not like if, if worse comes to worse, you mess up and then you move on, Yeah, you know? Yeah. But I mean, not that I want to mess up, but again, just kind of the theme in this is, is not to take everything so, yeah. so seriously. Cause if you get too nervous and you think about it too much, then you're going to get on stage and just be tense and, and worried and you're not going to have fun. Yeah. You want to be loosey goosey. Mm-hmm. You're rad. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Amanda. Where can people find you? Where can we watch your dance vids? Mm-hmm. Are there ways to learn dance from you? Um, Right now, I don't have any like tutorials or anything. Hopefully, maybe in like a year or two, I'll start doing All that. Right. Um, I'm but- planting the seed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but right now, my Instagram is Amanda Account, and I have a website amandalaccount.com. And then I also have two YouTube channels, one that is focused on dance, which is Amanda Account Dance. And then one that is more like normal YouTube doing vlogs and fun videos, which is Amanda Account. Awesome. So, Thank yeah. you for coming on. Thank you for having me. 